Ah, you obviously know Kung Fu. Hey everybody, this is Christian Howard, Ken Masters, and co-creator of Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, and you're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. My special guest tonight is Christian Howard, co-creator of the Street Fighter films. That's Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, Street Fighter Legacy, and Street Fighter Resurrection. Christian, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with the Kung Fu Driving Podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, it's great to have you. Uh, I'm very excited to talk to you. I am a Street Fighter fan, though I will be honest, I'm more of a Mortal Kombat fan. Don't judge oh, me. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, I grew up in, in the the heyday of uh, video games, and Street Fighter was huge. Uh, if you didn't play Street Fighter, you weren't really playing video games, right? So that's true, yeah. And there was always a toss up between Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter. <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll forgive you on that one. I was a Street Fighter guy myself. Yeah, all, yeah. All the way. Well. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but listen, before we do that, I need to ask you about the throat kick. Yeah, I I, I heard (laughs) Elaine's interview, and uh, you started right off the bat with my... uh... My little misdemeanor there, but you know, like I said, I mean, Alan, <laughs> he, he took it, took it like a champ. And the thing is, when when you're doing these um, these fight scenes, you're doing so many takes, and you know, it's it's so much choreography to remember. And um, working with with really talented people like Elaine and Mike Mo, where we could kind of riff on it because if you're short on time or whatever, you got to cut things out and everything. So, like he said, it just came down to listen like we've done it a couple of times it's it's not selling you just got to put it in and so <laughs> i guess with the <laughs> adrenaline the situation uh i went a little high and i got him in the neck and <laughs> and like like you said you know to his credit he he finished the scene and then once it was like cut everyone was like oh my god Alan, are you okay and he was just like no no it's good how's it look how's it look <laughs> so uh i i i gotta say though that was that was almost like a rite of passage because when we were doing legacy the first short that joey and i put together that was kind of the catalyst to start off this this like street fighter cinematic uh uh film universe if you like the uh i was working with john Fu, who was playing our ryu at the time and there was a similar situation where he had to do a bit of choreography where he does like a it was meant to be a spinning hook kick into a back kick in the stomach and we'd done it a couple of times everything was going well and then for some reason John just put it high and it went right in my throat. Oh. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, we better use that in the final edit. And, <laughs> and we did. So so when I did it to Elaine, I was just like, oh, so that's how that how that feels on the other side. Yeah, I, I imagine that that has to put a lump in your throat, so to speak, when uh, when that connects and you think, oh, that wasn't quite where that was supposed to land. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's all fluid when you're you're doing fight scenes and like I said, if you're working with very talented people where you've got like the distancing so we have that fight in resurrection that's elaine against me and mike and you know everyone's super professional about it and it's like you know there's no hard feelings if someone gets tagged and you know no one's no one's trying to get each other we're just trying to make the product look as good as possible so even if that means right look you've got to you got to hit me for real on this one and you kind of take the bump for the shot 
Uh, <laughs> like Stallone says, you know, films forever. You got to put it on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it did look great. That scene particularly looked pretty devastating. Uh, and you guys, you guys are all professionals, and you all really did a great job with that. So, uh, congratulations. I- I'm sure uh, he- he'll get you back at some point. <laughs> I'm sure he will. I- <laughs> I'm I'm convinced. I mean, Elaine's is kind of the real deal. He's a, he's a beast. So. If he wanted to, you know, I wouldn't want to get tagged back off of him. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, I mean, don't sell yourself short. You're not quite uh, a little guy yourself. You're quite a beast. Um, but uh, I was introduced to you in the Street Fighter films, um, and uh, I came to learn that you're actually British from across the pond. Um, you put on a great American accent, by the way. Uh, totally sold it to me. But uh, tell me about your background then. It is getting into martial arts something that happens in Britain? Is that something that is uh, is prevalent i don't know anything about the martial arts scene across the pond so is that something that kids uh do often or uh, or how does it work out there yeah you know i, th- I think it is and uh so where i grew up it was it wasn't in a big city i grew up in a in a little town called harridge in essex that's that's way out kind of on the coast you know it's like the the train line actually stops there so that you can't go through <laughs> it you have okay. to you have to go there to be there it's literally and the it, end of the line exactly and uh there was there was a, a few different martial arts clubs, all different stuff. So uh, I was super into it because I started watching Bruce Lee movies, Jackie Chan movies when I was a kid. And I was just like, I, I want to do this because I, I was like a sporty kid. You know, I played like football, soccer and uh, rugby and basketball and all these like ball games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I used to play soccer kind of like for for teams and stuff on Sundays. But uh, it kind of wasn't that fulfilling to me. And I loved these martial arts movies, especially like when, when Van Damme came along. I know Elaine talked about this as well, mm. but it was like it was like something else. It was like kind of this guy has got these amazing skills that all they seem attainable as well if you try hard enough. So I wanted to get into it so bad. And uh, my parents very supportive. They kind of like looked around for some places. And I ended up starting at a Kung Fu school and my older brother went to a karate school. So <laughs> we were kind of like rival schools right now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so so you know we we kind of went our, our different halves and and I loved it because it was there was a lot more to learn just like the the knowledge seemed like unending whereas if you're playing football or basketball or something it's once you know the rules it's you know it's the same thing all the time and you have like different games good games bad games but right. for me when I started doing martial arts I was like okay there's there's like so much more to learn from like this beginner status of like I'm just learning how to kind of kick and punch to then like all these different techniques and especially in a lot of kung fu systems where you know it kind of goes very 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 detailed mm. um so so i started doing that in like my my very early teens um and i i loved it i started training the kung fu club and then i i trained with my brother in karate i i trained in capoeira just anything i could kind of get my hands on in the area um and kind of it, it just became like a lifelong passion really that's cool is there a style that you're most comfortable with or is it just a matter of developing all of the things you know and just continuing well you know i i definitely i started doing like going through the belts in different systems and everything um and i reached a point when i started getting into acting and films and stunts where i was i was more like concerned about the versatility so i wanted to like grab things from different styles and not get too stuck in in mm-hmm. one of them um again that kind of like bruce lee philosophy of, of jeet kune do like using whatever works for you so having a good base of kind of like kicks and punches and then more like you can emulate any style if you have that experience so i I just wanted to get the knowledge from it i mean 
I loved Capoeira for like the the flips and the, the kind of the style of it, the steez. But uh, you know, I has always have a good affinity for kung fu because of the the Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan. That was like my real right. um, like intro to chinese martial arts and i was like wow like what these guys are doing is just incredible <laughs> and how did that parlay into acting well uh so i was a huge fan of the movies um and like i said especially van damme so growing up on those movies i was kind of um very interested in, in doing like the fight scenes and stuff like that so even when i was training through belts and, and taking martial arts very seriously me and my friends in the club would would often like kind of put together our little fights and it was mm. kind of the Mm-hmm. The, you know the the start of doing choreography and and really selling action and whatnot because I think what a a lot of people don't realize when they're not um, screen fighting or, or like actually doing stunts and they they come from like a real fighting background is the amount of acting that goes into selling a fight you've got to right. do the opposite of of what you do in a real fight where you're not supposed to show the pain you're not supposed to <laughs> telegraph the moves you kind of <laughs> got to do the opposite so having that kind of basis of of like messing around with friends was uh, was a great parlay into acting and I was very interested in, in performing arts when I was in school and everything like that so it kind of went hand in hand when I was like I can more or less combine the two here and you did it to some great success congratulations by the way on the Street Fighter films uh, oh, thank you I, yeah 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 I know uh, Resurrection's out right now on Amazon Prime Video so you went from making your own films as, as kids in, in the club at, tell me how this whole series then came about so uh Joey Anser, the director of Street Fighter, and Akuma um, mm-hmm. in Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, uh, he and I used to live together. We met some like, uh, I mean, well over a decade ago now um, <laughs> on on a film. It was actually one of the first things I ever worked on, where I was, I was kind of uh, <laughs> had this this drive to like trying to get into something, and I I emailed every place I could find and all the people I could find on the internet to be like, look, I'm interested in doing like fighting and acting like what can i do and i got some great advice off of, of some people in england because the scene you know is is kind of small there or mm. at least it was and mm. uh i ended up getting involved in a, a film where they kind of brought me on it kind of gave me a shot they were like hey like we need some people to do like some wrecks and some fights in this uh, this kind of club scene and joey was one of the actors in that so we we met on that and uh started this friendship that ended up we, we lived together in london for you know well over five years and as unemployed actors living in london we we played a lot of street fighter we played street fighter 4 we played marvel versus capcom 2 okay um uh, and to such a competitive extent it was it was kind of crazy really we (laughs) i mean we would we would kind of wake up and aside from like training we used to do a lot of boxing in the park and stuff like that just keeping skills sharp but it would be these epic battles on Marvel vs. Capcom. Um, <laughs> so you've got really big thumbs right now, is what you're saying? <laughs> right. I, I mean, I think I developed calluses on my on my knuckles. And, oh yeah, you must train a lot, and you're like, well, oh, it's kind of holding a PS2 pad. But uh, we played. Uh, you know, we would play to like the first one to win ten matches of three of three rounds, and oftentimes it would go to like nine nine. Wow. So you, you're playing almost twenty games, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, that's that's a few hours of our life. <laughs> today that we're not going to get back um that's what kept you unemployed you know that right exactly (laughs) well so the interesting thing was um you know we we were playing that and we you know we were kind of obsessing over these characters and the the fighting and thinking like you know there's been a few um obviously the van damme street fighter is is so kitsch that it was actually (laughs) it's actually a guilty pleasure now you know you watch it and you just think like okay they 
they didn't get it right, but they didn't get it all wrong. I think it's it's definitely got that um, it's got the kitsch value. So having that as kind of the the benchmark, and then uh, yeah, it was when we were living together in North London, um, the uh, Street Fighter Legend of Chun Li was coming out, and we were really excited about it because okay, great, a, a Street Fighter film is coming out, and uh, when it came out, we were just like sorely disappointed. I mean, it's yeah, it's, yeah compared even to the van damme street fighter mm-hmm. it was it was like this has got nothing to do with the story and the animes are so good like the street fighter 2 animated movie was one of my favorite mangas yep, I, yep. You know, I had it on vhs and uh you know it's just oh, why can't they just do it like that and it kind of it spawned from there where we're just sitting around playing street fighter thinking well why don't we try and do something you know so joey had links to like um certain like production companies and stuff like that so we kind of pitched them this idea um and my background is like design that's that's what i actually studied oh, okay. a degree in so when it came to like the you know presenting this project joey's a great salesperson so he was in there like you know selling them this idea along with like visuals that i put together and it was like this is what we want to do and we weren't expecting to hear anything back but uh you know the, it caused a little buzz and they were just like okay this sounds interesting but we're not just going to give you millions of dollars to play. We don't know you like who are you <laughs> right, guys? Right. So uh, at that point we, we said, we'll do a proof of concept. So that's where street fighter legacy came in mm. where we were like, okay, well we'll do something with, with a, a micro budget and we'll just try and make it look as cinematic as possible and put it all on screen. Uh, and you know, we've got a team together uh, any way we could beg, steal and borrow. We had like great producer, Jackie Queller as our producer on that, as well as Assassin's Fist and mm-hmm. Resurrection, uh, just helping us like put everything together. And, you know, we, we didn't really know what to expect. It's, it's kind of easy to say now that, you know, people liked it, but when you are kind of putting it out there and thinking, I don't know, is, is people going to think it's cheesy or whatever? So we put it out on, on YouTube and the fans seemed to, to like it. Okay. This is a, this is a, like a true representation mm-hmm. of what, a Ryu and Ken fight should look like. And it was, it was really gratifying to kind of have that on a project where we were like, well, this is what we would want to see as fans ourselves. And finding that, you know, people agreed with that or they wanted to see more. It was, it was great. Yeah. And the reception has been huge from the fans because they felt that they were getting something really faithful to the characters, right? Exactly. And I think that's something that it was, there was a certain curse on like video game movies or comic book movies kind of in the nineties where they, they would just take what seemed like a generic script and just tag some yeah. character names right, on and right. change the costumes and change the motivations and all the rest of it. And the the, the Van Damme Street Fighter is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take the character names out and you think, well, this could be any movie, really. It doesn't. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not. It's not poignant to Street Fighters. So that was a huge part of what we wanted to do when it came to like Assassin's Fist. So we had done Legacy, and uh, it was it was doing really well online. And we were like, okay, we want to do something else. And, and there was kind of um, not necessarily resistance, but certainly not, uh, oh, great, here's a load of money. you know. So it took, it took like four years since doing Legacy to actually get Assassin's Fist like, going. Okay. And that came from, you know, you're not getting paid to write or anything like that. It was just, we've got to sit down and like craft a series. And at that time, it was like, well we want to do a world warrior series with, with mm-hmm. Guile and Chun-Li mm-hmm. and all your favorite characters. Um, <laughs> but with the budget that we're probably going to get and whatnot, we're going to have to scale it back. So that's where it became an idea. Okay. Why don't we do like an origin story? It's all set in Japan. It's just going to focus on the, the Hado characters, the Ansatsuken ones. And we can kind of 
minimize it that way and do a really faithful like uh sort of homage to japanese cinema mm-hmm. as well that was that was a huge influence on in what we were trying to do uh and just make it as authentic as possible so you know we came up with a story there and it took a lot of writing and redrafting and uh even though it was frustrating to kind of have to wait that amount of time i think it really helped in terms of like trying to make the script as airtight as possible and and kind of webbing it all together because there's certain things that are canon where you know you you you've got to include them and other things where we had to kind of like fill in the gaps so right. it's trying to make that in a in a timeline that made sense you know and it's not including necessarily the uh, the alpha tournament with bison and all the rest <laughs> of it but like how are these characters that how's their rite of passage going to show out to the people that they become and that we're familiar with yeah yeah and uh a nod to assassin's fist uh it looks amazing one of the things i gotta give you guys credit for uh i I don't know what your budget was but the locations that you shot in were fantastic such beautiful locations i I gotta give credit to whoever the the, uh, location scout was because it looked amazing uh all of the the ancient japanese uh look and feel was uh, was all there and it it came out really well on screen I'm I'm so glad to hear that because it was uh, again like you know the the first idea you naively say like well it's got to be Japan let's shoot in Japan and then logistically <laughs> I mean so us us as actors I mean myself uh, I I was like you know I've I've acted in project I've been on set but when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of filmmaking you see what's involved and and because we kind of had the reins on it I mean Joe was like heading up this this you know really ambitious project. Um, it, it just became like you see all this stuff and, and it's great to have control over it. But at the same time, you're like the stress that's involved in, in trying to make a movie. So uh, we had a line producer who had some connections with Bulgaria. and They shoot a lot of stuff out there mm. and it's a little, a little cheaper to do. Uh, so we did a location scout in the winter. Myself, Joey, Jackie, our producer, we all went out there and, and checked it out. And we were like, okay, here are the things we need. We need like a, a lake that's got this kind of tall grass and we need like mountains and caves and waterfalls and it's it sounds crazy but they're all in one place in bulgaria <laughs> really wow uh, that's amazing yeah yeah and uh even initially uh there was there was another film shot out there with a, a friend of ours scott adkins um ninja was shot mm-hmm. out there oh, okay so yeah, yeah. Sure familiar with it and the, yeah and the dojo that they used in ninja was was there in bulgaria and we were like sweet maybe we got a ready-made dojo we can like you know save some money there and by the time we were ready to film they had turned it into a, a new set that, which became a Turkish bathhouse. And we were like, no. no. <laughs> so, so, so at that point we were like, all right, well that's out. And uh, we ended up building, building those dojos ourselves. Oh, wow. Um, we, you know, it's an incredible team. They're very hardworking people. So uh, like I said, my background's art and design and right. I, I did a lot of research and it kind of went from like a sketch that I did on paper of like, I think it should look like this. Uh, to taking it to an architect, a very talented guy, and then he basically drew up some plans. And then next thing you know, they were they were putting up the supports, and and that's where the dojos came from. So it's it's nuts to see like you know you can draw something on a on a bit of paper, and then <laughs> within a couple of months, it's like a fully functioning interior exterior set that uh, looks incredible. Yeah, yeah, and they did. Now all of that stuff aside, the the building and the locations and all that, that's one part of it. The characters that you had to bring to life ken and ryu and and akuma and everybody else how hard was it to take them out of that 8-bit world and bring them into fully fleshed out real life people 
Yeah, it's it's a strange one, really, because when we were in the writing process, and that's kind of advantageous for me to be like one of the writers and be playing a character. So I don't really have to interpret, well, what does the writer mean at this point or what are they trying to do? Yeah. Like for myself and Joey, we, you know, we kind of decided uh, through all the canon and all the games and all the intros and outros of different endings on the games, what these characters are about. And you've kind of got that... Um, consciousness in in pop culture of like what ken and what ryu are like and you can't really disappoint fans with that it's got to be a mm -hmm. certain way and they're very difficult to get right because there's been so many games and people have their own favorite versions of them but it's like how do you show these characters the way that that the fans would want to see them and like i said about the other films like changing them like oh we'll just put them in a leather jacket no one will mind and you're like no he doesn't wear that <laughs> right <laughs> so even even stuff like that like how are we going to get away with having them in sleeveless karate geese yeah. most of the time it's it's crazy so all that had to be considered and it's like why would this character wear this or what, what's their motivation with that um but yeah definitely with with uh ken i i felt like a huge affinity to him he was always my favorite when i was younger playing the game when i used to play street fighter 2 on the the mega drive i think you called it the genesis over here yeah yeah, yeah. um uh yeah i used to play that with my brothers and it was always ken so i definitely had a, a good grasp on what i thought this character was about and just by the reaction that i got i was i was like oh it's really nice to know that um you know people appreciate the job you did um and even for mike coming in i think he really nailed what we were trying to do with uh with uh, ryu and for uh joey and gaku space to play the kind of younger and older versions because Goki Akuma is like the heart of the story. Mm, mm -hmm. That that's really like the the kind of Darth Vader, the Anakin yep. Skywalker, fall from grace. So, for both of them to like show this character from like these humble beginnings of like you see his motivations and what he's about, and then to become this monster that we know, like what what journey did he go through to do that? And I think Gaku is actually <laughs> uh, my favorite in the whole series, more so than Ken, Ryu, or anything else. Oh, yeah. I think. <laughs> I think he he really you know sells the emotion of the past and like what drove this character to to try and become so great and mm. like embrace Satsuna Ado. Um and I think that's that's mainly what it's about. It wasn't just about doing cool fights. It was about doing a story that was that was going to be poignant to people and they were going to get into it. You know, because yeah. it's it's all well and good to like see something and go oh that was cool action like that was really fun to watch. But you know it was all fighting and. Again, that's the curse of video game movies. They sure. they just want to see a bit of fighting. They don't care about the story. They think fighting games don't have a story. But why why are fans fans of Mortal Kombat instead of Street Fighter or, or um, you know Soul Calibur or whatever mm -hmm. else? Is because they identify with the characters and they like what they're about. So that was the most important thing for us to bring that to life. Right, right. And yet you still did bring some great game kung fu into the film. Now, what was it like reinterpreting the the game mechanics for film because it's not like you shoot fiery balls of sure you can out of your hands or anywhere unless it's two for one taco Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was another really interesting challenge. And we spent um, a lot of time in, in that buildup of like reworking the script, also training our bodies to emulate the characters, to look like the characters. Cause you know, these guys are larger than life. Um, and also just, again you get a lot of movies where they're just, okay they'll just do mma moves or like we'll just do like normal kung fu choreography and it was very important to be like okay well what is the move set in the game mm -hmm. so you're kind of restricting yourself in a way but it also brings a, a beauty to it because everyone has their favorite combos 
So all those hours we spent playing the game instead of working, <laughs> I get I guess paid off because right. we had a had such a good handle on um, the kind of combos that come out and like how these fights end up being epic. When I guess when you've played it that much. Uh, and you get into these kind of like head-to-head battles and it's very yeah. tense at the end you know what what's going on in the mind of like okay well i've got to avoid getting hit but i've got to use this certain move otherwise it's not going to work so so yeah that was that was a really interesting challenge and again to to show like fireballs hadokens and flaming fists and not have it be cartoonish and, and ridiculous you know yeah, yeah, that yeah. was something we, we really wanted to ground it in in sort of a reality where you could say, OK, well, if I train hard enough and if I focused enough, this could kind of become attainable. You know, like you can say these guys are already extremely good martial artists, but then there's like another level uh, if, if you could focus your energy that much and, and to do it justice when it's it's not just easy. It's not a snap of the fingers or a Harry Potter sort of wand where you're just like now you have magic spells right it's like you really really have to work at it so that's kind of why the series is a bit of a slow burn when it comes up to it um one of the massive influences for for me in writing and whatnot was the the street fighter 2 victory series i don't Mm. know if you ever saw Mm -hmm. that one but you don't even see hadoken until like the end of the series and it it becomes so epic because it's not just like spamming hadoken you you have to really work at it and then when you do it's kind of devastating so when you get that end fight at the lake where uh, it's like the Mets Hadoken coming for Ken, he knows like if it hits him, he's dead. Right. And the same with Ryu, he's got to like, it's kind of life or death mm-hmm. rather than just like, oh, we just hit each other with magic all the time. You know? <laughs> no, and, and that part of it really was kind of gratifying to see that it wasn't just going to be, I guess, the, the film equivalent of button mashing, right? But uh, right, yeah, right. You, they, they earned that skill and uh you know they were able to kind of harness it but it, it took them some effort and it, that was really cool to see yeah i'm glad i'm glad it comes across is yeah. the thing and also just with effects and and fights like we were saying before about <laughs> taking hits with elaine and whatnot there was bits in the <laughs> fight where uh myself and mike and so joey actually fights uh togo mm-hmm. kotetsu in you know at night in the middle of this clearing and everything and great fight. uh obviously togo had you know had a a gymnastic double uh joe hallett is a great martial artist he was doing all the flips and stuff but to his credit togo was in there doing the choreo taking hits and stuff like that it's uh, you know it's kind of incredible to see so as much as possible we wanted to keep it real and practical so even if you're doing um you know hadokens and whatnot it's (laughs) we had some ridiculous setups where we had a zip line uh you know strung between two trees and our effects guys like practical effects had like a, a ball that would shoot down the line <laughs> and we, we lit it on fire and it was like <laughs> three, two, one and, and shoved it down there. So, so you would actually see, or right, it's augmented with yeah, CGI yeah. just, you know, to give it that um, sort of otherworldly effect, but there was actually something tangible to react to. So mm-hmm. you're, you're not just doing like green screen, like, Oh, well I'll imagine something. You, you had something to move out of the way of otherwise, <laughs> otherwise yeah, you're on I, fire. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even in in Legacy, the the very first Shoryuken I did, you know, I had a a silicon hand um, made up by our effects department, and it, you know it was it was set on fire. So it was like, wow. okay, I'm actually 
actually working with that. So it was it was really good. That way you get more into the feeling of it and it just feels a lot more real. And I, I think that comes across as yeah. well. I didn't even mind the sonic boom. I wasn't sure how that was going to come across. But, it, you know, it, when it happened, I was like, oh, you know, that that's not bad. Y- you and me both. I mean, it's always <laughs> a, a, a tentative one because, we, you know, we've done um, even on Legacy, the first Hadouken that we did you know we weren't 100 percent happy like you know if you had more time more money and all the rest of it you would you would get it exactly how you wanted it but for the restrictions we had it was a certain way and then we we took that information and then when we did assassin's fist it was like okay well let's let's tweak it and let's do this and then when it came to resurrection it was like okay well we know how hadokens look but now we've got to do a sonic boom how is that gonna look you know so yeah there's a lot of a lot of um a bit of trial and error really and you yeah. kind of you figure out what's going on but I think as long as you have the right uh, intentions in mind in terms of like doing justice for the fans and for the uh, for the product, then, you know, it, it kind of will work itself out. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I, I didn't mind it at all. I, I was uh, when he when he was uh, when he was about to do it, I was like, is he really going to say Sonic Boom or but any did like I was like, all right. All right. I'll, I'll buy it. It's good. <laughs> did you uh, handle all of the fight choreography or was that a mix between you and joey for uh legacy and assassin's fist yeah we we worked out all the fights and uh you know we kind of worked very closely together joey and i worked together for years on like other projects where we would go on to different movies and kind of choreograph action for them or for bits that we were doing ourselves so we had a very um kind of unspoken language when it came to like movement where Mm. it's like okay i get what you're talking about so it was it was kind of uh a good flow when it came to like Uh, doing those ones and when resurrection came around i was actually over in the states where i live now um so we had a couple of other choreographers um sia uh one of the fight choreographers on that i worked closely with him for like ken action and stuff but you know once once you kind of know the characters and the move set like we were saying before it, it it just becomes a bit more fluid and that was the difficulty with uh with elaine coming on was all right no one's seen nash move he's got a different move set to Ryu and mm. ken now and even though they have their differences it's still you know it's kind of a mix of karate and boxing and all the rest of it and now suddenly you're introducing this other element so that was definitely a lot more challenging for them uh <laughs> luckily i just i got to show up and just be ken you know <laughs> <laughs> now uh, moving off of street fighter for a second you you've also worked on some bollywood action films force where you were the fight choreographer uh, and apparently that was one of those moments where it's sink or swim for you. Cause I, I think, uh, I don't know if you had kind of taken on that role uh, by yourself uh, up to that point, but can you give me an idea about what went into all of that? Because from what I understand, Bollywood action films, aren't the easiest to kind of oversee fight choreography for. Yeah. Very, very interesting place to work. Actually. Um, it randomly came about cause, uh, Joey and I was still living together at the time and he had, he had done the Bourne movie with Matt Damon, very mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of, um, you know, interesting choreography there, very realistic stuff, that Paul Greengrass sort of style. And uh, Alan Amin, who's a huge action director in Bollywood, uh, had seen it and said, oh, I want that for my movie. So he'd contacted Joey and Joey went out and did a, a film out there um, a couple of years before. And then another one rolled around and he was like, you know, kind of handing off the reins. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm down to check it out. So I went to do this film force with, um, John Abraham and under Alan Amin. And it was, it was a crazy, crazy process. I mean, I, I was out there for all of like eight or nine days and, uh, they took me from the airport to the set, like not even like put your bags. <laughs> I literally, 
I, I was like, is this is this where we're staying? And it was kind of like this this outback sort of like you know in the middle of the woods sort of thing. And I was like, uh, what's going on? And they were just like, okay, so show us the choreography. And I was like. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, so it was literally like, come up with it right now, or what are you doing here, you know? So, yeah, full-on baptism of fire, you know? And, yeah. and it was, I look back on it with kind of rose-tinted glasses of like, oh, that was, you know, that was kind of fun and, and ridiculous at the same time. But, but oh, my God, at the time, it was so stressful. You know, it, everything's, <laughs> everything's just like, it needs to be done now. And they do things in a, in a kind of backwards way from, you know, some of the things I'm used to. Um, I mean, they have their system down and I, I've got to say, I mean, their stuff looks great. The, mm -hmm. the cinematography and everything looks wonderful, but the way they want to do things sometimes is, is just like, uh, I'm a man of logic and I'm like, oh, what's going on? So yeah, they, they're just like, show us the choreography. And I'm just like, well, is there any like prerequisites to this fight? What has to happen? And, and the main guy, John Abraham, he's, he's huge, you know, big muscly dude. Um, and uh, he's like, yeah, so he's got to fight these like drug dealers that come in. There's like six of them. And, you know, one of them, he's going to like hit with this like drain cover and the other, he's going to throw this guy through the trees and, and this guy is going to like throw a motorbike. And I was like, wait, what? He, he throws <laughs> a, a motorbike. And, and I was like, so, so what? He's like a, a superhero. And he's like, no, no, he's a duff cop. Duff. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I was like, oh, Okay, so I had no idea what I was getting myself into. You know, I'd seen the odd Bollywood movie, but I didn't realize that it was like they're taking it super serious, even though it's the most ridiculous thing <laughs> I've ever worked on. But once you kind of get into that, I was like, okay, well, let's let's play around with that. So I've got all this choreography going on. There's bits where, you know, they, they take this like drain cover, this big concrete drain cover. They lift it up, and all these cockroaches run out, and everyone's like, oh. God. And then they have a they have a, like a breakaway one. So we do a bit where the one guy runs in and he gets smashed with that. I'm like, okay, that went well. And then with the tree, they had, um, they basically got these plastic pipes and they kind of got these blow torches on them. I thought, what are they doing over there? And within torches. a few minutes, they'd like, they'd like, uh, you know, kind of twisted them and mangled them and painted them up brown, and they looked just like the trees. And I was like, wow, that's that's ah. crazy. So they were now the breakaway tree branches. So we had a guy on a wire and he went through that, and it was all good. Um, so yeah, like it was, it was very interesting. You know, there's certain things where I'm just like, maybe there's a language barrier or whatever else. But um, there was a, there was one dude who you see in the film. He's a very tall guy, uh, not a stunt guy, not a fighter, but just I guess like an extra or whatever. And and they, you know, you just have to work with what you've got basically. But they want this guy to come in, and uh, I'm kind of you know in place for John Abraham, and I, I take him around, I put him in this chokehold. And I'm like, okay, showing the guy the action. And then Alain, uh, Alan Amin is just like, okay, so now give him a knife. And I was just like, wait, do what? <laughs> so so th this guy is coming towards me and I'm looking him in the eyes. And he's, he's a big, tall dude with this handlebar attached. He looks like a Indian Danny Trejo, right? Oh, right. And, uh, so, so I'm looking at him and I'm just like, listen, half speed, okay? Do you understand? <laughs> and, he, and he gives me this kind of grunt and I'm like, underwater, like don't... And he comes at me so fast, right? And I, I dodge out of the way and I take a slice on the thumb. Like, Ooh. just cuts me with this. With, it's a real knife. And I'm just like, what the hell, you know? So I'm going to Alain. I'm like, look, I'm, I'm bleeding now. So, <laughs> man, what the hell? And then Alain's just like, okay, get the fake knife. And I'm like, wait, you have a fake knife. <laughs> but you gave him the real one. So they bring out this wooden knife. And I'm like... Well, if you had the wooden, oh, all right, never mind. Okay, we'll do it again. So we go to do it again, and I'm like, slow down, right? 
same thing comes at me super fast and i have to like disarm him and i get cut again and i'm like look, i'm like Where did, how did i get cut this time and on the wooden knife <laughs> there is a nail in the end of it oh, wow to hang it up <laughs> and i was like why is this here so it was things like that on a on a daily basis where i was just like this makes no sense you have a nail in the wooden knife to hang it up but it's now cut me again so stuff like that was going on all the time um and then the motorbike thing was was pretty hilarious because i was i was like this seems a little far-fetched to me and <laughs> a little had, a little far-fetched <laughs> yeah so they they had a jib right and uh, i'm trying to show the the main actor like okay so you roll backwards on this bit and then you come to here and alan's just like no no the actor won't do it and i'm like well i can show him it's really easy you're just going to roll backwards he's like, no it's okay you're going to do it and i was like well I, I i can't do it so they had me double the guy he's like six foot massive dude right and i'm now doubling in the same costume same outfit and i was just like what else this is a crazy crazy place to work very very <laughs> nuts so they have the motorbike on the jib and uh, they have like four guys who like pull it up and I'm trying to show the guy like get underneath it really like you know show the effort of lifting it up and then on the take he just straight arm just lifts it like all delts he just picks it up oh. like that and I was just like okay well, fine whatever and he throws it he's meant to throw it across so they had it on a pendulum and it swings towards this dude and there's basically a motorbike and a brick wall and this guy in the middle and I'm just like oh, this is it's not even like a fake motorbike. It's real. And I was just like, oh, God, I feel bad for this guy. But they want to do it. So he swings it in and it, it hits the wall behind him and comes down. And I was just like, damn, that was so close. Like, OK, right. We're done with that. And then Elaine's just like, one more. Get it close. And I'm just like, wasn't wasn't close enough for him. So it, it was that for like eight or nine days straight up. And then the last day on set when I finished, they were like, bring your bags to set. And I was like, OK, so. Once I was wrapped, they took me straight to the airport and I was I was gone. So I was like, that was the most crazy experience. But definitely a good like, all right, yeah, you have to sink or swim. Like if you can't handle it, then, you know, you, you don't deserve to be here sort of thing. So it definitely influenced, you know, the way I, I worked from then on in terms of like, OK, well, you've got to come up. There's no like second chances you've got to you've got to be there and you've got to be prepared wow uh well hopefully the safety standards are that you're working with now are a little bit more stringent than <laughs> than apparently what it was over there yeah i mean they have their system so <laughs> uh, are, are you sure there's a system because i'm not so sure about that there's something going on. i don't know what it is <laughs> but i thought you know like i was like all right never again but then i was like oh you know once you know the game you'd be like okay i could go over and i could see what they wanted but at that time i was just like you asked me to do like realistic stuff and now you want to throw a motorbike so what <laughs> what are we doing here but you know it was it was great fun I, i'm sure it was uh, yeah i'm sure it was a great experience uh, you should be able to just hold that up uh, for any audition and say look i did this i can do anything yeah if they just went oh you've worked in india okay come come right in <laughs> Oh, man, that's good stuff. All right, now listen, um, you uh, said that you were a fan of, of Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan, obviously, but um, uh, I grew up in a, in a slightly earlier era where uh, I was with, uh, you know, the guys like the Five Deadly Venoms and the 36 Chamber. Were you ever a fan of those classic kung fu films? Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I kind of went back to them and mm. I had a huge like VHS collection. Between me and my older brother, you know, there was probably like 300 videotapes adorning the shelves of, <laughs> of like all kinds of, you know, any kung fu film we could get our hands on. So I've, I've watched so many of them. And, you know, with the, the original language, the subtitles and everything right. like that, because that's something that 
I'm sure you yourself got used to as well, where you, mm-hmm. you can watch a film with subtitles and it's no problem because right. you're so used to it. And it always baffles me when you meet people that are just like, oh, I can't concentrate because I'm trying to read and watch it at the same time. And <laughs> I think that was that was an education that we got from <laughs> right. from all these Kung Fu movies. But yeah, the old like Gordon Liu stuff and whatnot, I was I was a big fan of that. But uh, yeah, there was just something about Bruce, I think, for for yeah. most people oh, sure, that yeah. just just like did it. So that and. You know, and then the American ones, like when China O'Brien came out and all that stuff, mm-hmm. it was just like we were all over it. Yeah. So to play off of that, what do you think of the state of martial arts on screen today? Because it's a different time, right? The The stars of the film now don't necessarily need to be able to do their own action anymore. So the thing that was so appealing to me when I was watching those Kung Fu flicks was because I knew that the guys were actually doing it all on screen. It's not so much like that anymore as a, as a general rule anyway. So what do you think about that? I think there's definitely going to be a balance where it's like, if something is super dangerous, that's when the the stunts come into it and they, you know, they're professionals and that's what they do with their job. I think people have to be prepared and whatnot. And, there's there's a certain level that you can get to. I mean, I, I can't do everything. I did all of my own stunts in Street Fighter, mm-hmm. but obviously we were choreographing it as well. So any restrictions you put on yourself of like, well, that's not a move I can do. I mean, uh, even with, with the Tatsumaki kick, I'd never done that before. Mm. But I was like, well, it's, it's now or never sort of thing. I don't have a double, so you've got to do it. But if you have super talented individuals that can do what you can't, I think that's a good place to come in. But when it comes to like basics you should definitely be able to do something. I mean, look at Keanu Reeves. He's killing it right now with yeah. like John Wick and whatnot. And uh, Jason Statham, they, like they can do it. Uh, and then they're supported by, by a stunt team that can also add to it. And that's when stuff like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to go off on a tangent, but like when I watched um, the Netflix series, Iron Fist, I was, I was Oh, please like, let's talk about that. <laughs> you want to? <laughs> yes, All right, we'll, let's do we'll it. We'll do it. Cause um, I mean, it's a bit of a sore spot for me because after uh, street fighter there was a there was a big buzz about like oh this guy would be great for iron fist and yeah. i was i was really lobbying to try and get in on it and you know the the guy they cast i i don't know finn jones myself but i you know i know plenty of people that also worked on it and stuff and um you know i don't want to talk bad on anyone but it it the final product comes across like he was unprepared mm. and that's a shame i think when you've got a character that is beloved and um he's meant to be the best martial artist in all of the Marvel universe. Right. And you hire a guy who doesn't have any experience. Yep. I mean, let alone like if you train for it, that's one thing, but you, you've got a guy here who doesn't have any fighting experience or, uh, you know, stunt experience or, or movement, it would seem. Yep. Um, and I think that's a real shame in, in casting a role like that, where you're like, was this the perfect person you could find for it? Even if they didn't have all the abilities, are you, are they capable of, you know, getting up to par in time. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's, that's a really difficult one because you see people who do put the effort in yep. and uh, like the, the daredevil actor, like, I mean, he looks legit. He looks like he works out and, you know, even if he's being doubled for like the big corks and stuff like that, when he comes out of it, the transition is kind of seamless. Yeah. But when you look at iron fist and it's like, he comes out of this like 720 hook kick. Uh, it's obviously his, his double and then he comes out of it in the kind of a weak looking stance. Yeah, so I'm like, right, I don't, I'm, right. I'm completely out of this right now. Uh, and I think that's such a shame when, when things like that happen, because it doesn't have to be like, well, it's a martial artist who can't act or vice versa, an actor who can't do. So. There's, there's so many people that can do both. Right. Uh, there's hugely talented. I mean, the people you have on your show, like Elaine and uh, Amy Johnston and mm-hmm. stuff, it's like they have the skills to do both and the look and whatnot. 
Um, it's just a shame that, you know, sometimes you get pegged with the brush of like, well, if you do action, you can't act and vice versa. You know, right. I think um, there's there's definitely room for people that can do both or at least be trained up to do it. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about that uh, a little later, but uh, because when you can do your own stuff, then you kind of run that risk of being kind of pigeonholed as into, you know, just the, the action kind of guy. But, you know, obviously you want to stretch beyond that and do other things where, you know, it isn't all, all action driven. Uh, Jason Satham, who can who can do both, just uh, gave an interview with Vanity Fair where he uh, gave a shout out to fight choreographers and stuntmen and saying that, you know, they deserve Oscars for the work that they do because uh, using his words, the Ponzi actors get them. So, you know, these guys that make them look like they're superheroes should get them as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I fully agree with that. And I think, you know, he's a good advocate for like someone that, uh, like I said, does, doesn't do everything, but certainly looks the part for what he does do. Mm-hmm. And with any profession, I mean, if you're giving Oscars for visual effects, if you're giving it for production design and costume design, why miss out a department that's a huge part of the filmmaking process as well? Like, I don't, it doesn't seem to make any sense. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's the wool is not over anyone's eyes anymore. Like we all know that people are doubled and we know that, that not everyone does their own stunts and whatnot. I mean, it's, it's just a, a completely open secret. So I don't, it's a, it's a strange one. And I know it's a, it's a hotly debated topic, but yeah, it seems uh, really odd to me. I, I, you know, a lot of really good friends of mine work in the stunt industry and they, they work really hard. They train really hard for what they do. And the same as, like I say, any other department, you, you've got highly, highly skilled people and why shouldn't they get recognized for what they do? Yeah. Now going back to Iron Fist for a second. Uh, Please do. <laughs> yeah. Um, you would have made a, a great Iron Fist. You have a, a great look for it and you you obviously know what you're doing. Were you ever approached at all, even on the periphery for uh, auditioning for it? I wasn't uh, approached. You know, it's it's kind of, it's an interesting one these days with um, the way social media works and stuff like that. I mean, uh, I, you know, I'd heard about the project and I, I tried to get my team to, you know, try and get me in the door for it. And um, who knows where, where they were looking and whatnot. But just the way social media goes, it can be a great uh, resource for people to to kind of get known and, and get out there and, and show kind of what they've got. And uh, that's actually how we found Mike Mo for Ryu. We, mm. we had the Facebook page for um, Street Fighter Legacy. And then uh, we had people putting in casting suggestions all over the place for like, oh, this person would be good for this character, this person for that. And uh, Mike Mo popped up on there. Someone had seen him in, in something and said, you know, this guy would make a great Ryu. And the potential was there. You know, he was a lot skinnier at the time, but uh, he he did a great read. You know, we had him send a tape in, and it was it was just like perfect for what he needed. So, you know, he he got on with the the bulk up for you, and you know that was commitment to the character definitely. So, yeah, I think you know I, I did uh, try and lobby for that, and it's always always the way. I mean, I know there's a Masters of the Universe is coming out. He Man was a was a just, I was a huge fan of that when I was uh, a kid. Yeah, I saw and that I think, on your Instagram. Uh, yeah. Right. So, so I, you know, someone sent me a, a fan art picture of that and I was like, well, why not? So it's another one. You, you push it out there. You see what comes back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> every kid kind of like our age was was I think that's why we're kind of uh, engineered a little bit for this kind of <laughs> masculine, macho, train hard sort of sort of vibe because you had He-Man to live up to. I mean, sure. Look at the guy. So. So, yeah, it's uh, I know that they're, they're despite the page boy haircut. Right. 
<laughs> I know. So, <laughs> well, don't don't talk to me about haircuts. I mean, <laughs> did you get a lot of flack for your for your hair? Of course. I mean, <laughs> it's it it's to be uh, to be expected, I guess. I mean, it's a very difficult one to get right. You look at a lot of these manga hairstyles, video game yeah. hairstyles, and and the the funny thing was, um, I used to have you know long hair like down to my shoulders uh, when we were doing Legacy, and it was cut and dyed into the style of Street Fighter Four Ken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, pretty much on on the nose, and like you know, the comment section was like, "Oh, Ken looks great," but I'm not sure about that wig. And I was like, "Wig, my real hair." <laughs> so, so at that point, we were like, "All right, well, if we're doing the alpha version, and the hair's like way down, you know, to your waist, uh, you know, it's obviously going to be a wig." And even then, you know, it's it's time, it's money, it's budget, it's all the rest of it. So, um, some days the wig looked great. And then after six weeks of filming, it was it was worse for wear. And because we weren't shooting chronologically, you get some scenes where it's like looking a little a little shaky. And then other times you're like, oh, it's nice and silky. And you're like, I can I look at it and I'm like, oh, we shot that first. Oh, we shot that last. You know, <laughs> but I think for the casual viewer, they're just like, that's a lot of hair. You know, <laughs> you did have a lot of hair, but in a lot of scenes, it looked really good <laughs> <laughs> in a few of them. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's another like I was saying before about um you live and you learn and you see what works and what doesn't and you know doing flips and spin kicks with a with a long long wig on it adds this extra weight where you know mm. sometimes it's right in front of my eyes and i can't see what's going on and other times it would just come clean off so we ended up having it like pinned in like just to my to my skull that it was just like <laughs> it wasn't going to move but i would end each shooting day with like a massive headache because it was sure, just yeah. like it was on there but you know that's uh Maybe maybe if we do Masters of the Universe, then uh, we can we can work on the hair a little more. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, uh, you wouldn't have had to do anything for Iron Fist had you uh, had you gotten that role, because uh, right, right, yeah. I, I, again, I think uh, as a as a look for Danny Rand, I think uh, you would have been excellent in that role. Um, and again, you, just the ability to do the the martial arts that, and again, Finn Jones for for uh, as find a career as he has and i'm sure he's a wonderful guy it, it just is bewildering that the finest martial artist in the marvel universe was portrayed by someone who whether it's his choice or their choice i don't i don't know but it, you know yeah i mean no one's going to turn down that opportunity right. either if they're, they're knocking your door saying look uh game of thrones was great do you want to do a netflix series i mean no one's going to say listen i'm not I'm not that good at martial arts. I'd rather pass. You know, that would that would be a very very noble thing to do. But sure. I can't I can't imagine that many people doing that. You're going to be like, wow, what an opportunity. So, you know, at least if you can fake the funk, you know. <laughs> now, from what I understand, I think that the final casting choices was either him or Ryan Phillippe. And again, that's another choice where I'm like, what really? Oh, I heard that too. And you know, uh, you know, Ryan's doing well so you know i can see why they, they would want to like bring people in that are obviously going to have a draw to it i mean finn's, finn's got a big fan base from game of thrones and sure. all his other work so you know it, it makes sense from from a certain point of view yeah it's uh you know i think a lot of video game stuff video game and movies and and comic books it's like you're kind of working with stuff where you're never going to please everyone sure uh, sure you know I mean, I was a big fan of Nolan's Batman works, and I know a lot of people were kind of like turned off by it. And you know, I, I thought it was it was a great take on mm. the character and everything. And then the Zack Snyder ones, I'm really it's not my bag, basically. Mm, me I, neither. I, you know, yeah. Me uh, neither. After watching Justice League, which is kind of a, a mishmash of him and Joss Whedon, I was just like, it's such a shame that they didn't just 
kind of follow through with a with one idea, like a vision. Because I wasn't a fan of Batman Superman, but when Justice League came out, I became more of a fan of Batman Superman because <laughs> I was like, co- compared to this <laughs> mess, caricature, Batman right, yeah. Superman at least is like one vision, whether you like it or not. Yeah. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 always going to be difficult to get right, and whoever you cast, you're going to get some flack. I and mean, we had the same thing. Yeah, but what uh, what Iron Fist, I think, did wrong uh, was that everybody that was looking forward to Iron Fist was looking forward to the kung fu, the martial arts. That was the big draw. That you know, that was why people were tuning in. They weren't tuning in for the history of the character. Iron Fist was a small character in the Marvel universe, you know. So this was a chance for kung fu to be super cool yeah could have done really exciting things with it and you know when i heard about it i was just like well the action in daredevil i mean that that fight team is Mm -hmm. incredible so i was like if that's what they first imagine now they've got more money and more and but they didn't i i heard it was like the money was all cut down because it's kind of a given people are going to watch this because it's part of the set you know uh this is like the fourth series out of all of these guys you've got to watch this to watch defenders so it's it's a shame that they're like not okay. Let's pump some money in and make it really good. They're like, well, we can cut the budget because people are going to watch it anyway because you've got to to like collect the whole set, you know. Yeah. Um, that's that really kind of disappointed me about that. But like you said, it's it's not like a huge character, but you can you could have reinvented it in such a way. And like you said, people wanted to see these epic kung fu fights, and the action was just ended up quite diabolical in it. And you know, I was I was kind of very disappointed about that and i thought is it worth like trying to do your own thing and um i was planning on doing a uh uh orson randall the iron mm. fist before Danny yeah, Rand. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just putting together a little something to say you know this is how i would have seen iron fist kind of going where it doesn't really step on anyone's toes but you've got orson randall this kind of darker version of iron fist and he's like you know he's got his two pistols and all the rest of it but you know uh we'll see could still cool. be in the works, but hey, that would yeah. be great. But I mean, you have, I'm sure you have other projects going on, so I wouldn't worry about it so much. <laughs> but um, all right, let's do a quick lightning round. You ready to do one? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. All right, cool. Uh, definitively, Ken or Ryu? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta know. Ken, Ken's my boy all the way. <laughs> all right, uh, coffee or tea? I'm a coffee drinker out here. In England, I would say it was it was tea. Like every time you go in someone's house, cup of tea, cup of tea. You know, so, but yeah, since since I'm out here, it's coffee. Okay, beer or whiskey? I'm a whiskey guy. Nice. Uh, scotch or uh, or otherwise? I mean, I'm not like crazy picky, but like a good rye and an, and an old fashioned is definitely my jam. Nice. <laughs> All right, weights or cardio? Uh, I I take weights a bit more enjoyable. You know, when I was a kid, I was like a hard gainer, so I was like. <laughs> always doing cardio i was like you know super ripped little kid and then when we were doing you know building up to street fighter and just becoming more of a man i guess like i got on the weights <laughs> my my older brother he used to compete bodybuilding wise so he was my training partner and and just got so used to smashing weights that you know it became very enjoyable so yeah i'd, I'd say more more weights is more enjoyable nice all right nintendo playstation or xbox uh are we talking these days or like i mean i had like a a PS1 back in the day, but you know I don't I don't own a games console right now. Oh, you don't? So, okay. No, I don't. I don't have one. Um, but you know, I think uh, most of my friends seem to have Xboxes, so that's what I end up playing on. So that's <laughs> I'll go with that. All right. Can't say I know. Okay. Uh, which sounds worse, blood sausage or clotted cream? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I would I would say blood sausage sounds worse. <laughs> All right, but which tastes better? Oh, the cream for sure. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I've had the clotted cream at, at a tea. I, I've never had blood sausage. I, I can't imagine that <laughs> tastes good, but. No, I, well, you've got like black pudding. In Eng- like on the so I just came back from England. I was I was there for um for Christmas visiting my family and, and a bunch of friends and uh yeah you have like a full English breakfast and I always avoid the black pudding. It's like <laughs> I'm like it's not it's not what it's about. But you go and get some tea with some clotted cream and scones. It's uh, it's all good. That's good. It is good. <laughs> all right. If you weren't an actor, you would be. Uh, I would hope an athlete of some description like you know physicality is kind of a, a way of life for me now and I you know I was very passionate about a lot of different sports I played a lot of different sports to a pretty high level uh that or, or an artist I'm a I'm a you know my degree is in design and that's kind of a huge passion of mine and luckily I've managed to integrate both of those into an acting career as well where mm. I get to you know do some design some production stuff as well as uh using your physicality so yeah I, I hope an artist <laughs> That's great. I happen to be a, a graphic designer, art director myself. So, oh, amazing! Um, yeah, 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 and I, I love it. But um, it somehow it didn't translate into kung fu for me. But you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And uh, uh, last uh, lightning round question: What is your favorite podcast about kung fu and martial arts movies? Oh, it's got to be the Kung Fu Drive-In, of course. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. So, what is in the pipeline then for Christian Howard? What do you have in the works? Uh, there's there's a few projects that I'm kind of putting together after getting kind of the writing bug from Street Fighter. There's um there's a few things that I'm writing right now that I hope we can get put into production this year. It's always like waiting for the the planets to align and everything's mm. perfect. But uh, yeah, I've been writing quite a lot, trying to put some uh, some vehicles together for myself. And I just got back. It's pilot season. We're gonna see what happens there. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be exciting. There's a there's a couple of interesting characters that I. I definitely want to put into action, whether that be a short or hopefully a feature if you can get money together. Um, yeah, so watch this space for that. Oh, really? You're not going to tell us who they are? Well, there's a there's a character I've been I, I was working with a, a friend of mine back in England who's kind of like a it's a kind of an action comedy with this cop. It's called Jack because all good cops called Jack. And <laughs> right. It's uh, he's got these very 80s sensibilities, so it's it's kind of full of like these ridiculous 80s tropes but in a modern setting and uh yeah it's pretty wild so you know if, if everything goes well i'm gonna put that together and uh yeah it's it's kind of a passion project for me at the moment so uh when everything lines up i'll get that going sounds good sounds good all right and where can my audience go to find out more information about you and all the projects you got going on right on i mean i'm pretty active on instagram right now if you go to uh the christian howard instagram you can find that i update that most often with what i'm up to uh or my facebook page which is uh christian howard official uh check that out and yeah you'll see you'll see all the things that i'm working on cool yeah and uh, i know you're you're very active on instagram i think you were doing muscle ups in one of your most recent videos yeah yeah trying to trying to lock those in uh, <laughs> I, I went to went to gymnastics back in in london i haven't been down there for such a long time so it's cool to see old faces and everything and like get a bit of training in it's uh yeah it's one of those moves that i was like i gotta gotta get those locked in so uh, show they, my progress they look pretty good they look pretty good and uh listen best of luck on everything you got going on super cool to have you on uh great work on street fighter uh, i hope there's uh, more of that coming possibly i hope so too i mean uh when i was back in london i met up with joey we had a we had a good chat and uh we'll see we'll see what's in the pipeline there's 
there's stuff going on. I know it seems like all quiet on the Western Front at the moment, but uh, like I say, these things kind of take a, a long time to put together. I mean, yeah. Assassin's Fist was a good four or five years of our lives, and uh, you know, if people hold tight, something amazing will come. <laughs> yeah, well, I know Resurrection sort of left on a cliffhanger, so uh, there's the, there's yeah. ample room there to, to flesh that out. Sort of the, the interim project, but definitely we'd want to do the World Warrior if we get the chance. So, cool. yeah, watch this space. Very cool. Christian Howard, thank you so much for taking some time out. Again, I wish you the best of luck. Dope. Thank you very much. Great to be on the show. <laughs> All right, so I need to toot my own horn here for a little bit. Not for bragging rights or anything like that, but... For the sheer fun I'm having with this show, because I gotta say, I've had some freaking fun guests on here, not the least of which was Christian Howard. Many much thanks to Christian for stopping by and talking with me. I'm really looking forward to the cool stuff that he's got cooking, and if you enjoyed hearing from him, stop by his Instagram and let him know. Seriously, he posts there all the time, so drop him a line and let him know that you caught his interview here with me. In the meantime, if you're in the mood for some more cool podcast jams, go check out Twitter and the hashtag Castaways. They're a cool collective of podcasts from all over the world, literally, who graciously accepted me into their number, and together, we're trying to pull a brain and take over the world. That's going to be a wrap for me, guys. Follow me on Instagram, too, at Kung Fu Driving Podcast, on Twitter at Kung Fu Driving, Facebook at the Kung Fu Driving Podcast page, on the train tracks, usually on train number 5439 out of Penn Station, or at the very least, swing by iTunes and leave me a rating and a review, because iTunes really likes those stars, and so do I. But don't do it for me. Do it for the children. Until next time, Poison Clan. Peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Shaolin and Mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch you run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! 
This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun Assassin's Lash and Blood are just drip drop The head kick neck drop Balance the won't stop Wanna kill Bill Better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow But she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the wall No fear at all To kill them all There's always blood spilled When you head into a war Fearless Unleashed The fist of legend that the car jelly I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get it drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get it drunk and then we're fighting